0: Hi, I'm Mike Duran. And I'm Marshall Kozlov. Welcome back to Counterbalance. Today, we have with us Ahmed Obali. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Gunaz TV. Uh, that is a satellite television station that he beams into Iran from uh, Illinois. Ahmed's been on the show before. And Marshall, you'll remember he, uh, he escaped from Iran in 1979. He's an Azerbaijani. He's from the Tabriz area, uh, northwest Iran. Uh, he's got a unique perspective on the, on the events in Iran because, uh, one, he's in close contact with people on the ground. There's nobody I know who has greater information about what's going on on the streets of uh, Iran. And he has this um, particular sensibility being a South Azerbaijani. Um, So uh, without further ado, Ahmed, welcome. Thank you, good to be with you. It's always great to have you. Listen, Ahmed, just for our viewers, uh, I guess we don't have viewers, we have listeners. Our listeners, uh, why don't you just give us uh, your appreciation of this round of protests in Iran. It looks like this one is different from all the other ones. Um, am I right about that? If so, uh, why?
1: Yeah, very different. It is, uh, as you may know, Iran has had many demonstrations, protests throughout this 42 years of its existence, uh, but none has lasted this long. And it it is, it keeps going and it, it's not weakening at all. Uh, so the, uh, The time, the the length of the protest for two weeks is is unseen Uh, so far. uh, Another major importance is we see women being very active. Unlike past demonstrations where mostly young men or men were on the streets. This time the women are on the streets and they actually started in many cities including uh, in Tabriz. Uh, the third and other, third major difference is we now have all the ethnic groups involved in Iran. As you know, Iran is a multi-ethnic country. There is no single majority. Everybody is minority in itself. So in the past, we've, we've had ethnic groups demonstrating. Others are were not protesting, like Arabs did, Azerbaijanis did, Kurds or baluchi's and then were Persians, but. But everybody else would would sit back and just watch. This time, all the ethnic groups are involved. All the cities, all 31 provinces have been involved. So it, it's a nationwide, ethnic-wide
2: protest that is is very different from the past. How would you sum up the narrative of the protesters, given the fact that you're pointing out this is across the entire country, across ethnic groups? Well, the... Uh, uh, it started with women's rights. You know,
1: the innocent person, yeah, a woman, Masa, I mean, he was arrested by a morality police, beaten to death, uh, at least from what we are hearing. Uh, but then soon after the protests started, this became a anti-regime protest. We, we now see more slogans against the regime itself rather than woman's right although it, it is both you know if, if you ask for men for women's right it is actually an anti-regime protest because this morality police is enforcing a law uh, or series of laws that the government brought upon the people forcing Islamic law uh, on women and and men but mostly women and what happens with this morality police, Important, uh, the law they're using different tactics to instill fear among people uh, and uh, and make them scared of saying anything else so this is basically uh, a anti-regime it has become an anti-regime protest
0: so you said this is this is completely nationwide all ethnic groups all major cities and clearly anti-regime yes. But also deeper and stronger than before, we see people going directly after security forces in a way I don't remember uh, in the past. Uh, would you say that this is that we're 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 witnessing a revolution? Do you think this is the this is the end of the regime, or uh, is the regime? Or do, you, do you expect that uh, that the regime is going to get a handle
1: on this sometime soon? It could be a beginning of a revolution. It is not the revolution itself yet, although. People are so fed, fed up that this could be actually part of the revolution that we are seeing in process or in progress. What is happening now? If you if you pay additional details, the regime is using everything it has to sup- suppress the protesters, but not openly crack down as they did in, let's say, three years ago. So they're scared uh, uh, of, of the uh, blowback or um, on the other hand, the, the, the time is different now. Comedy, we don't know if comedy is dead or is he alive? Is he in coma? Is he okay? We don't know. All we know that he is, uh, he's not seen. This is not like before in, in the past. He would come on, on television and say a few things or ask for calm or the, you know direct security forces to do one to deal with this one way or the other we don't see that now so it is the the regime has an internal problem the regime has uh not been able to solve any of the problems that uh, Raisi promised when he was a uh, candidate for president it is uh they are basically running out of all the options they're cracking down hard, don't take me wrong. It's not like they are not, but they're doing it discreetly. The sage militia is not coming on the street in uniform rather than rather they're in play, plain clothes. And then they're they're not attacking people during the demonstrations as much as they did before, but they're identifying them and then arresting them after midnight, usually between two to four o'clock in the morning. So we have we see, thousands and and thousands of people arrested. A lot of people have been killed. Uh, We don't know the real number. We will not know the real number until after maybe a few weeks. Uh, As you remember Reuters before the 1500 people shot, I think even a couple months, maybe more after uh, the
2: demonstration. So we, we know a lot of people have been killed also. Could you help give listeners some perspective on the broader Iranian context in 2022? So how would you define the status quo before the protests started? Well, Iran, when Raisi
1: became the president, it was a clear sign that the regime has run out out of all the options that they tried before fooling or calming people down or fooling people. Uh, they, they had their own quote-unquote reformers as president. Uh, they had Rouhani as uh, somewhere between reformers and uh, as, they, as they call them moderate. That didn't work. The heavy-handed tactic in Ahmadinejad era didn't work. Now they're back to Khomeini's time itself, 1980, when Khomeini took over the country completely pushed the prime minister aside and then then he ordered um, this Islamic revolution to continue throughout the nation uh, in universities, in cities and villages and provinces. So Raisi is basically Khomeini number two. This means they have run out of options. So when he became the president, he promised to solve many issues, including, including the economic problem that people are facing on a daily basis Uh, but after uh, this period that he's been on he has not been able to solve any of the problems including internally creating jobs women issue is is a major issue ethnic issue is becoming bigger issue water problem Iran has had a major water problem Iran was hoping to sign the JCPOA again uh, without looking like they have backed down and and that hasn't happened so so now there is a clear hopelessness among people that this regime will not be able to solve anything as we see uh, over 75 percent of the demonstrators are under 25 years old almost maybe mostly in early 20s so the the Iranian youth is is hopeless uh, and they they don't see any positive coming out of this regime at all. So it has become, as we have a saying in our language, uh, that says the knife, the knife is almost to the bone. There is nothing else to cut. So it, it, it hurts. So people are on the street thinking that there is not going to be any war because it is a, this is a regime that is ideological and the ideological regimes have their own limits in reforming there is no room for reforming in this regime and people are aware of it so they think that the best way is for this regime to go would they go with this with this protests probably not are they weakening absolutely big time regime is weakening on a daily hourly basis Uh, if these protests continue and there's a there is a uh, fissure in in Iranian government then we we can see a revolution happening and it is heading that way there it's not there yet so as people see this is happening they're becoming becoming bolder uh, attacking police or responding to, to the police responding to the besieged cracking down on people uh in at least few cities people have attacked police stations burn them down uh and and the the young protesters are not afraid anymore the fear is almost gone so that's when you see uh when when we can tell that this is gonna uh, continue and a revolutionary guard has to come out if they want to stop it and kill the people all as much as they can and I, i think that would backfire too
0: well, wow. Yeah. Hopelessness uh, and, uh, a young, among young men with no fear. That's a pretty dangerous uh, situation for the regime. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing that you have said uh, so far in your analysis is the combination of two things. One, that you're saying this becomes a revolutionary situation if there's a fissure in the regime. If the regime that they start fighting among themselves about how to deal with this. Yeah and you've said how many may be very ill so we may be looking at a succession crisis to the to the um supreme leader at the same time that the that they are trying to quell these protests i mean that 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 seems like a real opportunity are you seeing signs of a of a battle over succession
1: uh we've seen signs of uh battle or disagreements over succession in the last couple of years already it looks like part of the reason why Racy was uh, promoted to be the president rather than stay at, stay at the uh, judiciary system was because he they wanted him to have experience like Khamenei did Khamenei was president of the country before he became uh, the leader or supreme leader although He himself at the time said he's not qualified and it's on tape. Uh, Raisi is not qualified to do anything, but it was possible to make him president, I mean, a Supreme leader. Uh, There were, there was only, there were already pushbacks to Raisi's being the next Supreme leader. There were writings, discussions among Iranian uh, governments, higher, higher ups. But right now it looks like Racy is going to be out. Racy is not going to be uh the supreme next Supreme Leader if there is going to be a Supreme Leader. There's a chance that IRGC takes over, it this is a chance that IRGC takes over, uh declares some sort of uh, martial law. Spe- well, martial law or a special period where they can continue ruling while looking for Uh, the next leader and and i think the next supreme leader is not going to have as much power if there is going to be one as khamenei has now they probably will will move towards nationalism to rule the country not not ideological governing Uh, so it is possible that irgc takes over and then not Choosing any supreme leader at all for a period, at least, and and even if they choose after that
2: period, that the uh, it would it would be basically symbolic. Something I'm curious about, given everything you're discussing, is the role that Iran is playing beyond its own borders. Obviously, you have the presence um, as regards to Hezbollah, the debate about involvement in the Russian war against Ukraine, when it comes to supplying. The russians with with drones like how how are these protests or could any type of successful reform play in adjusting or maintaining the status quo with iran's foreign policy it's difficult to accept any
1: reforms or any uh, uh change of direction in iran's foreign policy because the government this government in the last 42 years has been in crises almost every time every year. They've they've had one or the other uh crises, big or smaller. In order to deal with their own crises, they've they managed to create crises somewhere else, so the focus will be there rather than uh, their own crises. So as as we we call it in, in Iran, this is a regime that is in crises, but it creates crises, that's how it survives. And one of the uh, ways that they do this is through proxies, through their uh, foreign uh, policies, foreign, inter- foreign interventions. And it, it doesn't look like they can, they can cut that part of their activities because it is part of their makeup uh, to, to be involved, not involved, but to intervene in other areas to make themselves look like their they're power in the region to, to make people think that that problem needs to be solved first outside the country. Uh, that's one, uh, one reason. The other reason is, uh, they, if they cut back on any of their activities, let's say if they cut ties or close ties with Russia, what, what else do they have? They don't have any other options. You know, unless they change, they have a major change. The Western countries are not going to accept this regime as it is. And this regime cannot change its makeup of Islamic, let's say, ruling and interventions in the region, and that's one of the reasons they are out of option. They they have they think that they have to continue this. Now, if IRGC takes over, and clergy are not in power anymore, uh, and IRGC members come out and say we don't think that we should, let's say, supply. Hezbollah or Hamas or Houthis uh, or or Iraqi militia with all the funding that we've been doing because we need in, we need them internally or for ourselves it is possible uh, because they didn't technically they didn't start this the the clergy didn't start it so they can probably look for way out of their own entrapment that it was set up for themselves so. It is possible, but it looks like that's not going to happen either. Again, it's a small possibility. The government, Iranian government, will continue its its course uh, in foreign policy and internal policy until uh, until it goes away.
0: Let, let, let's um, pursue this scenario a little bit that you have um, envisioned of an of an IRGC, uh, you know, quasi dictatorship. And you, you mentioned when you were describing that um, that it would move away from the religious ideology and emphasize nationalism instead. And c- could you just uh, flesh that out a little bit for us? How, When you say uh, nationalism, you mean Persian nationalism or multi-ethnic Iranian patriotism? Uh, what, How would you envision that and what benefit would it have for them? To move away from religion, wouldn't that be sort of just spell the beginning of the revolution? Once you once you get rid of the morality police police and allow people to to express their hostility to religion, doesn't that just spell the end of everything?
1: Yeah, I, I think they're looking at maybe Chinese model uh, versus uh, Soviet Union model. Soviet Union collapsed, uh, but China did survive, kept the infrastructure in place, but uh, moved slowly towards. Uh, I mean, at least away from, from their previous policies. Uh, Iran is, as I said, multi-ethnic country. Uh, all the ethnic groups, at least there are seven, eight major ethnic groups that live on a specific uh, location that they've been there for thousands of years, or at least hundreds of years. So, for instance, Arabs uh, contra- Arabs live in Ahwazi area, as, as they call it, Muslim in Kuzestan now. Uh, it is a uh, it's a oil uh, basically land all most oil and gas at least most of oil comes from Ahwazi or Arab area and it is populated mostly by Arabs at least in in most part of the province they are not going to accept Persian nationalism uh, to rule the country again because Persian nationalism has been ruling the country for the past hundred years this regime itself although it's ideologically islamic but it is more first it is persian than islamic because all the persian uh supremacy exists in this regime also persian language is, is the only language persian culture is the only culture accepted within the regime harmony comes out and and congratulates all the Persian speakers in rules, for instance, the uh, other languages are forbidden. Other areas that ethnic groups live are in more, at least poorer condition compared to Persian areas, heartland. The water, even water is cut off from periphery and directed, redirected the Persian area. Arabs have no water right now, for instance. So this is one instance. Uh, Baluchis are the same, even worse condition. Kurds live in Kurdistan. Azerbaijanis live in Azerbaijan area. Northerners have started this nationalist uh, movement in Rasht, Gilan, and Mazandaran by Caspian Sea. So, country is, has become polarized and is becoming more polarized every day. Even in, in during this demonstration, we can see every ethnic group has specific uh, slogan in their own language, in their in their, in their own area. The issue, uh, the, not the problem, but the major uh, point that we need to look at is Tehran and the Persian heartland is controlled by Persians. Although Tehran is a multi-ethnic city, because it's, it's capital, it is controlled by Persians. So IRTC would not count on multi-ethnic Iranian nationalism IRGC would only and can only count on Persian nationalism as most IRGC commanders are Persian and uh, you know they they accepted the Persian doctrine Uh, even the Qasem Soleimani after he died we realized that he was a extremely super Persian nationalist Uh, and and every every other deputies he has the Ka'ani guy that heads the coach group is a very Persian nationalist. So I think IRDC will count on Persian nationalism uh, rather than other what, ethnic groups. What's the evidence that Qasem uh, Soleimani
0: was a Persian nationalist?
1: Well, he, we, we've seen video uh, videos of him talking about Azerbaijanis, uh, Armenian issue. We've seen video, him talking about the Iranian overall policies that he, he needs to, he, he wanted to at least to emphasize on the future of Iran. In, in fact, in some, some videos, he
2: used foul language even towards non-Persians. Something I'm sure American listeners to the show are wondering is, like, what is the what, what is the American context, response, obligation, stand back, stand down, given the specific protests
1: well, I I think the American or or Western countries, in, it is in their inter- interest have a moral obligation almost to help these uh, freedom fighters, demonstrators, without saying much. You know, one one thing is they come out and they express support and say a few things, but don't do anything. That is going to actually uh, have a negative result effect. Uh, Iranian people in general, all the ethnic groups, all the Persians included, they need a uh, they need access to let's say free internet uh, to communicate to each other, to to send materials out. To uh, some some of the protesters that I've talked to think that uh, they are not being heard outside the country enough. So that's one one thing. The other is, is that in the long term, uh, the Western countries must understand that any easing of sanctions, for instance, any easement of uh, any reapproachment with Iranian government, is not going to help Iranian people. It's only going to help the government. And with JCPOA signed. Uh, when uh, Rouhani was in power, Iran got hundreds of billions of dollars, either in cash or trade, very fast. Did any of that money go to people? Did or any any factories was was opened? None. Nothing happened. But, but but the government got bolder. They 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 got funding to fund more terrorist activities, proxies, Hezbollah, UCs. And what did people think that, okay, the Iranian people thought that the West is after their own national interest. They don't care about the Iranian people. If some even thought that the West think that the Iranian, that this Mullah regime needs to be in place so they can have, they can uh, benefit from it. So, and this, this is backfiring. Any re re-approachment again or easement of sag- sanctions is bringing the people's morale down uh you know i I had we had a live show that we asked our people our viewers if they think the sanctions needs to be relieved or kept in place this was a couple years ago over 99 percent only sorry only one person was kind of in the middle but everybody said the sanctions needs to be to, to be kept some said that needs to be increased or or uh, more, they, they ask for more sanctions. Some some even ask for, for Western countries to come and take this regime out. So people are not looking for relief in sanctions. They want tighter sanctions. So that needs to be uh, kept in mind as well. When you talk to viewers
0: now, and I, I, I know you have lots of ways of talking to people in, in Iran. What are the
1: main messages that they're sending to you these days? The The, the world needs to support the demonstrations. They need to hear us. They need to spread our message. They need to isolate the government. They need to govern. They need to push the government back down. Uh, so this is basically immediate request. Is this uh, we need to? Ha- they need to have access to internet. Iranian government has uh, been able to sort of control uh, access, and a lot of demonstrators, demonstrators to rely on. On social media to communicate to coordinate to to be active to follow to to have a follow-up demonstrations protests in different parts of the cities or different parts of country Uh, and iran is is shutting down mobile communication cell phone communications or internet at least uh, on certain period of the day usually after four o'clock in the afternoon until at least midnight sometimes past midnight they, they shut it down or they lower the, the bandwidth so much so it is useless. Uh, this basically is helping the, the government and, and obviously people are not happy about it. They are, they are hoping for some sort of help from the West on this issue immediately.
2: You said something interesting earlier about how the Iranian regime has been in an effective state of crisis for, for decades now. Can you talk about what that does to a country? Just thinking through even that phrasing. Well, the internal crises are sometimes are,
1: ha, have become a, a good point for the government. Um, but the external crises is the best thing that the government is hoping for. I think the Iran-Iraq war was the probably the biggest gift that this regime received uh, because it used the war period to solidify itself in the society that w- they were not accepted in the beginning. I think the Iraqi invasion by US was even bigger gift to Iran as a result. I don't think the American administration, US, US government, intended to help Iran but the result did uh, because now Iraq was out of the way Saddam Hussein was out of Iran's way and Iraq became sort of Iran's proxy land then it opened the road and gate to Syria Bashar Assad not getting toppled was was another help for Iran Uh, Hezbollah and Houthis, you know in, in Yemen these are crises that actually helped the Iranian government. Internally, some crises helped also. Again, war was one of them. War was the greatest uh, thing that happened to this uh, regime. Although more than half a million people died, the, the, uh, the regime used that period to clear every uh, unwelcomed elements in, let's say, army, in armed forces, to use the period to dictate its futuristic well its future policies in advance uh helping let's say use Iran-Iraq war to create this narrative that we need Hezbollah because Hezbollah is going to come and help us and and, you know just few Hezbollah fighters were helping Iran Uh, and you know this anti-Israeli Tactic that they've they've had uh, hasn't been very successful. I, I'd say on on words, yes, they you know, slogans and street slogans, yes, they they have been successful. But but um, the as they as we move forward, most Iranians love actually Israel and the West, uh, so that hasn't been successful. Uh, they also have used crises. Uh, internal crisis to crack down more uh, so even in this uh, after this hopefully this protest will not end until the government goes but although that's a wishful thinking for now at least but um, even after this if if they if they're able to stop uh, there's going going to be a period where everybody that is uh, saying anything would be considered at least uh, for maybe a few months, a anti-revolutionary or foreign agents and heavy pr- imprisonment or even torture and killing is 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 going to be norm again.
0: When you um, are watching events, are you are you seeing signs of what you think might be fractures in the regime? You 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 mentioned this as being the 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 point that's going to be to turn this from. Protest to revolution. Are you seeing anything that looks like it? It, it may be the beginning of a, a of a of a fracture. And if so, what are the potential
1: rival power centers in the regime? The fracture is not openly visible, but you can feel. We can feel that uh, certain elements of IRGC uh, apparently expressed this opinion that. They shouldn't crack down hard so this is a this is one beginning the the uh regular armed forces uh apparently in one city uh objected to irgc members shooting people because some bullets flew over to the army base hit the army base walls and things like that uh in the beginning i think it was day number three or four the uh speaker of the parliament came out and said that they they need to relook take a take a new look at this morality police law uh, so that was a sort of thinking that they might be willing to change few things a lot of people that were not celebrities included uh, famous people intellectual that were not Involved in the past demonstrations, so they were they were kind of on the sides. Uh, now they're openly talking about uh, not attacking the demonstrations, demonstrators. By you know they're against the attack on demonstrators. Another thing is that we uh, we see now calls for strikes. We didn't have this before. Strikes are major thing. If oil workers, as we hear it. Oil Workers Union, a family threatened the government. The either stop this heavy-handed crackdown or they will go on strike. The universities and some schools went on strike. So the strike thing is is going to push for fissures for sure. Because I remember I, I was a teenager when when Shah was thrown out. It took a year almost, about a year. And started with demonstrations, started with strikes, uh, started with uh, killings of people on the streets by by the army, and slowly but surely, army and the uh, the elite in the government you know, were were fighting each other, and finally the the Pali regime was thrown out. The same thing is if if you if you look at the uh, let's say Libyan, you know Arab uh, revolution you know, revolutions in Libya, in Tunisia, in Egypt, what happened after long periods of demonstrations for certain elements of the government uh, kind of sided with the the people. It was going to happen again in in Syria, but of course, Iran and Russia prevented it. And even some elements of Syrian army were uh, siding with people uh, after a period. So, So we now see that trend is going forward. Though
2: we see it clearly not yet, but the feeling is it is coming. And the question I'll wrap with is you pointed out that the, the young under 25 protesters are looking at an Iran with future. It doesn't look particularly bright. What would be a way for you to articulate a brighter future that fits into the pains and frustrations those young people are seeing? Well, Iranian uh, youth is looking to the world
1: through social media, internet, uh, satellite televisions, travels, neighboring countries. They look at the world and see themselves maybe a hundred years back, behind, not back, behind the world. And they want the same opportunities. They want jobs. They want... Uh, they want to go to school, study, and make a living out of, out of their uh, hard work. They don't see any of this. They want freedom. They want they want to choose their own clothing. They want to they want to live like other young people uh, in the world uh, today, twenty first century. And when they look back, I, I when I go to when I travel to different countries. Usually in the airport, if I have some time, I, I look at the um, the flight schedules flying to Iran and go sit or stay a little bit, you know, keep a little bit distance from travelers in the airport that is that are going back to Iran. And I'm looking at their faces, looking at their behavior. They are sad to go back because not... Now they're going back to almost, almost like a prison. Iran has become a big prison for the population. People want, don't want any of this. And the young people today are on the streets to demand a better future. There is nothing that, that a young person would want more than a, a, a brighter future, a opportunity, having families, we now see young I, I, I can't call me being young anymore people that are 40, 50 years old, having gotten married because they don't have a job, they don't have home, they don't have housing, they don't have future. Families are uh, broken down because of economic issues, because of you know, the more, you know people's morality almost is down. Theft uh, is up. Because people need, needs to feed themselves. They need to feed themselves. They have no job, no money. So what this government has brought upon the people from A to Z is all negative things. All, all, all the things that a, a young person doesn't want. Uh, you know, they want a better future. Government is not going to provide them. And they're on the streets because of their future. And, and because of what's happening now.
0: Well, I think that's a great place to end. Uh, Ahmed, thank you so much uh, for uh, taking the time to share uh, your analyses with us and your insights. It was really uh, extremely informative. Um, and uh, I wish uh, you and your, uh, your viewers and all Iranians a, um, a, bright, uh, uh, a brighter future. And uh, I hope this um, uh, regime passes uh, quicker. My, my uh,
1: pleasure, Mike. It's good to be
2: in your show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's all we have here. Huge thank you to everyone for tuning in. Huge thank you to Mike. And a huge thank you to Hudson Institute for supporting our work. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.